good morning. And good morning on podcast. We're on podcast at Word at the Ranch if you'd like to join us. So good morning. Thank you for tuning in. And good morning on Facebook as well. Happy Saturday. God lives on Saturday too. And you know there's no soccer right now because of the whole COVID thing. So uh, hey, come on out. <laughs> God lives on Saturday as well. Amen. Let's all pray, shall we? Thank you, Lord, for the prayer of faith that saves the sick. Thank you, Lord, it's the prayer of faith that does the job. Thank you, Lord, where two or three agree on anything, it's done for us. We give you all the praises, and we agree for your holy presence here this morning, your spoken word that goes forth unchecked and unhindered, um, for ears to hear and eyes to see it, unlike ever before. Lord, send hearers in our direction who need the word this morning to live by. Send hearers, Lord. Have them tune in on Facebook. Have them come here, Lord. People need the word of God to save their souls. Father God, bring them in. In Jesus' precious name. If you agree with that, say amen. 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 I need my Bible. Can you hand me that? Thanks, Sweet. Uh, the title of this message is Christian Living Part 1. Christian Living Part 1. And we're going to go to the oldest book in the New Testament. The oldest book in the New Testament. Who knows what that is? <laughs> 1 Thessalonians is the oldest book in the New Testament. You know, Ron, I told Clarissa to keep worshiping, and um, I'm glad we did. <laughs> you kept it going. And then when you came in, I just got the check in my spirit. Hey, you can start now. Ron's here. So if anyone's going to get something from this message, apparently it's Ron. So praise God forevermore. 1 Thessalonians is the oldest book in the, in the New Testament, written about 51 AD. Just to give us a point of reference by Paul the Apostle, um, so this is definitely sound doctrine. It's the first book of the New Testament, the oldest book in the New Testament. Just to give a point of reference, though, the Gospels, Mark, uh, the first Gospel, Mark was the first. He was written in about 66 to 70 A.D., Matthew and Luke about 85 to 90 A.D., and then the Gospel of John 90 to 110 A.D., scholars say. So I think it'd do us so real good to read the first book of the New Testament, won't you? And we're going to read this, and then um, we'll go into Second Thessalonians next week. But pretty much First Thessalonians um, chapters 1 through 3 is um, Paul's introduction, really. And he's talking about Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, and um, the church of Thessalonica and Macedonia who have received the word. And um, this is Paul's intro letter, so... It's kind of extensive, the first three chapters, we see a lot of intro, uh, but that's just, it's just like that for us when we meet someone, you give them a little history to build credibility, to build relationship, don't you, you know, when you meet someone for the first time. So that's kind of like this here in Thessalonians. <laughs> so we're going to start in chapter four. <laughs> Amen. First Thessalonians, and we'll actually start in 3.11, just at the end of three. First Thessalonians 3.11. Again, the title of this message is Christian Living Part 1 from the oldest book in the New Testament. Now may our God and Father himself, who is love, and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. Again, Paul had a team. Jesus had a team. They all had teams. They never traveled alone. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy is the greeting in the first part of Thessalonians there. So he's talking about Paul himself, Silvanus, and Timothy. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love. He directs our way to you, our way. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love. Say that with me. I am made to increase and abound in love today. 
So this is our greatest quest from the oldest book in the New Testament. Paul's first prayer for us, may the Lord make you increase and abound in love. First words in the New Testament, really. To one another, our first charge we have. In love to one another and to all. Say, I'm really good at loving the one sitting next to me. And I'm real good at loving all. And I'm getting better and better at it. Say, this is my focus and my number one quest in life is to perfect my love walk. Amen. Just as we do to you. So again, Paul didn't tell us to do something he wasn't already doing first. Jesus will never tell you to do something that he hasn't already done. Amen. That we do to you just as we do to you so that he may establish your heart. Say, my heart is established. So that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father who is love at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Say all his saints. Oh, it's going to be so good <laughs> when Jesus returns and the dead in Christ rise first and we rise up in the air with them to meet him in the air. What a blessing. That's going to be a celebratory day. That's going to be the best day on earth. Amen. I'm looking forward to that. Amen. I've always wanted to fly and be invisible ever since I was a kid. Those are my two greatest wishes for superpowers. To fly and to be invisible so no one could see me flying and bug me. Amen. Praise God. And uh, we get to do both. Amen. We get to fly and be invisible and take off from these bodies and go into glorified bodies. Amen. So we get a moment of invisibility, amen, where the world can't see us, amen? Hallelujah. So my dreams are coming to pass, amen? I'm going to get to fly and be invisible. We'll read that here, amen. Hallelujah. So you may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all, all his saints. Finally then, brethren, finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort you in the Lord Jesus this is a long finally. This is a two-chapter finally. <laughs> Amen? That's one reason preachers are so long-winded, because Paul was. It just seems to be the, the trend. We have two chapters here, finally. Then, brethren, we urge and exhort you, encourage you, really, exhort means, in the Lord Jesus, that you should abound more and more. Say, I abound more and more. Say, I increase more and more. Just as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God. So we ought to follow him in his walk. Amen. Paul himself said, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. Shows you should not follow any man on earth if they're departing from the ways of following Christ. Follow people as they follow Christ. Christ is your head. Christ is the chief shepherd of the church. Amen. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God. This is the will of God. Many of you have questioned, what's the will of God for me? This is the will of God, Paul says. Your sanctification. Your sanctification is the will of God. That you should abstain from sexual immorality. Verse 4. That each of you should know how, know how, to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. So you have to honor yourself to the point where you preserve yourself. Yes, you have to honor yourself. 
And the only way to get more honor and to honor others and to honor yourself is to receive the honor and love that comes from God through his word. That each of you should know how, say I know how, to possess this body. And if you're an older in life, you should really know how to possess your body, amen? Because you've had more practice than the younger. So you should know how to possess your own body in sanctification and in honor, not in passion of lust, not in passion of lust, or moved by emotion. Passion is in the soul realm, the emotional sphere. Not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles, who do not know God. Do you know God? Amen. And he knows you. Verse 6 says that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter. Because the Lord is the avenger of all such. As we also forewarned you and testified, for God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. He called us in the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Jesus. He called us in righteousness. He called us through Jesus in holiness. Verse 8, Therefore he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. Say Holy Spirit. Say not an unclean spirit, but his Holy Spirit. Verse 9, But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you. Hey, they were doing pretty good. For you yourselves are taught by God himself to love one another. And indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in all of Macedonia. They were lovers and they were good at it. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. Say the Lord's increasing me more and more. That's the third time there. That you increase more and more. Say, he takes me from glory to glory, from faith to faith, and from love to love. That you also aspire. So this it should be your aspirations in life, God says to you through Paul the Apostle. One of your aspirations, one of your greatest aspirations in life should be what follows. That you also aspire Make it your aim and focus and run after this. To lead a quiet life. Say quiet life. Say I lead a quiet life. To mind, so now we're going into the soul realm again, the mind of man. To mind, to mind, to think upon, to mind your own business. Say I I mind my own business, not the business of somebody else. Say busyness, get behind me, I'm owning my own business. (laughs) Say I'm minding my own business. All right, so we ought not to judge somebody else's life and business, amen? We ought to mind our own business, he says. And to work, say to work. And to work with what? Your own hands. One of the first commandments in the New Testament is to work with your own hands as we, 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 in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established, as we commanded you, that you may walk properly. So working with your own two hands is walking properly toward those who are outside of the kingdom and that you may lack nothing. So God's going to give you wealth through the work of your hands, we see here. 
and it's a proper walk in the kingdom of grace, is to work quietly with your own two hands so that you may walk properly to those who are outside. I believe the world should see us working harder than anybody because we got the Holy Spirit, not by power and might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. We can outwork anyone. I'll just throw that out there. Amen. Praise God. We got the Holy Ghost. So we ought to be prospering the most because we can work the most. Amen. We're healed. He healed our bodies. Amen. That's past tense. Praise God forevermore. You got to walk in health to work, right? So he already took care of that for us so that we can obey his commandments. That you may walk properly toward those who are outside of the kingdom and that you may lack nothing. Say, I lack nothing because I'm a hard worker. Verse 13 says this, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. I just want to pause right here. You ought to look up. It's a great thing to look up on Google. Um, the great ones who started later in life. Just Google that. Just Google the great ones who started later in life. And you'll get a list of people who started in their 70s and 80s. KFC, Colonel Sanders, Mrs. Fields, all these people who started later in life. Amen. So um, retirement is not in the Bible. Because <laughs> we're not supposed to grow tired. We, the Bible says we shall run and never grow weary and walk and never grow faint. I can't find retirement in the Bible. And let me know if you can. I dare you. <laughs> Search the scriptures. Walk properly toward those. You should do what you love and love what you do and you'll be satisfied all the days of your life. You'll enjoy your work. Amen? You ought to enjoy the work of your hands. Amen? 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 Amen. And that you may lack nothing. Say, I lack nothing because I'm a hard worker. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Change the subject here. Or who have died or have passed away. Lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. So now you can X out sorrow from your Bible because you're not supposed to sorrow, he says. Sorrow is not in your Bible for you. Amen? I don't want you to be ignorant concerning those who have died, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Get rid of sorrow. It's not your kingdom. Get rid of it. Say, I sorrow not. Say, he took my sorrows. And also, all, all sorrow, so I don't have to take any of it. Lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe, say believe, that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in him. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord... He said we there. He was planning to live a long time, it sounds like. That we who are alive and remain, say one body in Christ. Say we're all connected. That we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are dead. Literally asleep means dead there. So, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. <laughs> what a glorious day. With the voice of an archangel, the one who's in charge of all the angels, and with the trumpet of God. Ooh, that's a big trumpet. I ain't seen a trumpet that big, have you? <laughs> that's going to be a loud scream. Whoa, a trumpet, one blow of one trumpet that the whole world can hear? Dang, that's a huge trumpet. I want that trumpet. And with the trumpet of God, not of man, of God. 
and the dead in Christ will rise first. So they're going to be caught up in the air before us. Our loved ones who are in the grave are going to rise out of their graves. That's what the Bible says here, amen? And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain, those who are still on the earth and not dead yet, do you all know you're going to die? <laughs> it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody by now. You're going to die, amen? <laughs> you have a time limit on this earth, amen? And the Bible instructs us to number our days because of it. You should know where you're heading in life. Time's too short not to. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. It's coming with clouds, too. It's not just going to be a clear day. It's going to be clouds, big puffy ones that are gorgeous. Amen? We'll be caught up together with them, our loved ones who are dead, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Ah, fly and be invisible. Meet him right there in the air. Amen? With the dead who shall rise first. Praise God. We're all going to be superheroes. Amen? Glory to God. This body's just a cape, amen? Yeah. You meet him, this body, this cape just falls off. <laughs> Glory to God. For the Lord himself will descend with a shout, and will meet him in the air, and thus we shall always, say always, always. be with the Lord. We shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Use this word to comfort each other who have lost loved ones. There's no reason to sorrow. They're with the Lord. But concerning the times and seasons, chapter 5, verse 1. Concerning the times and the seasons. Say, I know the times and the seasons. Brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. So you know the times and seasons, he's saying. Isn't he implying that there? Brethren, you know the times and seasons, therefore I don't need to write to you about this. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. But you ought to know the time and the season of that night, amen? When he's, when he's going to come. You may not know the day or the hour, but we know the time and the season, right? We can all clearly see these are the end times, can't we? So we know the time and the season. We just don't know the day or the night he may come. Amen. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say, they, so this isn't us, this isn't the body of Christ, when they, the unbeliever, those outside the kingdom, say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them, not the church. Again, we're redeemed from destruction, right? Because we're redeemed from the curse of the law and Satan who comes to steal, kill, and destroy so we're redeemed from destruction. Say, I'm redeemed from destruction. So this is talking about the world, not the church. For when they say, peace and safety, the world, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. Say, I'm delivered and redeemed from pain as well. And they shall not escape. They shall not escape. But you, brethren, and sister. Now he's addressing us again. Are not in darkness. Say, I'm not in darkness. I'm in his light. And he shows me things to come. 
so that this day should not overtake you as a thief. See, you're cut off from the thief again. You're protected from the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Verse 5, you are all sons of light and sons of the day. Say, I'm a child of light. Say, I was created through light. The Bible says God is three things. He is light, he is love, and he is life. Life, light, and love. And you are a child of all those three things, character traits of God. That's who he is. That's part of who you are. Amen? Light, life, and love. Therefore, sorry, verse 5 again. Again, we're in 1 Thessalonians 5, 5. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Let us watch and be sober. Literally, self-controlled, sober means. Let us watch and be self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. Unless you're really an alcoholic and you're drunk during the day and your day has now become night. And the days and the nights just run together now. They're all the same to you. Going to a bar at 6 a.m. and at 6 p.m. Day and the night all become the same to you. Sleep at night and those who get drunk are drunk at night. Verse 8. But let us, say us, us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. Say, faith and love protect my heart. As a helmet, and as a helmet, say, I have my helmet. And I put it on every day. Make sure you don't leave the house without your helmet. Because <laughs> this is the one area the devil attacks most, is your mind. So you have to put on the helmet of salvation each and every day to guard your mind from his thoughts. You've never had a creative thought. I've <laughs> got news for you. Your mind is neutral by nature. Thoughts either come from the enemy or from God. That which is evil and that which is good. Amen. They create thoughts, not us. We just attend to knowledge the thoughts and the knowledge they have already created. So, <laughs> therefore you have all uh, authority and responsibility to take captive every thought, Paul says. Because they're not yours. But you're in charge. Amen? <laughs> to take in captive and cast down every thought that exalts itself against God's thoughts and his word. So I have that power. Say, I have that power. To take every thought captive that goes against his word. Amen. No such thing as creative thought or original thought. They all have been originated by a higher power. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. Um, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Saying, I'm saved. Devil, you can't mess with me. No, I'm saved. I'm in blood covenant. I'm saved. You can't touch my mind. Get Verse 9 says, For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. Say, I have obtained salvation, eternal salvation, and the rest of my life is continuing to get saved each and every day. So it starts with eternal salvation, now it's up to you and me to accomplish total salvation. Renewing our minds with the truth, putting on the whole armor of God through the word of God. Amen? Full salvation. Salvation in our finances come through the word. Salvation in our health and body come through the word. Amen? But that's up to us to now renew and restore those areas with the word of God. Amen? Because it was our spirit man that was born again, not our body and our mind. So now it's up to us to possess and know how to possess our, our vessels, our bodies. And it's up to us to renew our mind with the word and renew our bodies with the word of God. Which is light, life, and love. Amen. Say the word is light, life, and love. And will minister those three things to me every time I come to him. Amen. Say I have more of life today. And more love today than I came in with because of his word. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) He did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Whether you're alive or dead, (laughs) you're yoked up forever. Amen. (laughs) Live together with him. Say, I'm living with my best friend right now. My Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, what a blessed life we have. Permanent access to the Savior and the Creator of all things. Verse 11 says, Therefore comfort each other. Comfort each other. Or build each other up. Or encourage each other. And edify. Build each other up. One another. Just as you also are doing. So one of the worst things about social distancing is just that. You're unable to comfort one another. The devil's trying to separate us from encouraging and uplifting one another and gathering of ourselves together and encourage one another, especially as we see the day approaching. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another as best as you can over text, over media, or social media, however you got to do it. Just get her done, amen? Therefore, comfort each other and edify, build each other up, encourage one another just as you also are already doing. Just keep doing it and do more of it, he says. And we, we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. That word admonish literally means instruct, teach, or warn you of things to come. Are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love. Say, in love. So you should never judge a minister on the face of the planet because God anointed him and placed him where he is or she is. Amen? And to do so will be very detrimental to your well-being. And to esteem them very highly. Say very highly. Say, I don't talk against God's servants because they don't talk against me. And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. What's the key to peace? He just gave it to us. Esteem those who God has anointed and placed in your life. And you'll be at peace. Verse 14. 
Now we exhort you, brethren, again, encourage you and charge you and challenge you. Warn those who are unruly. Unruly literally means unsubmissive or idle even. Warn them who are unsubmissive, unruly, or idle. Comfort the faint-hearted. Comfort those who are faint in heart, who feel like they can't go on any longer. Doesn't say to instruct them. Doesn't say to teach them there. It says comfort them. Sometimes they don't need your words. They just need your touch. Comfort the faint-hearted. So you ought to know who's unruly and who's faint-hearted, right? So you know how to deal with them. Warn those who are unruly. What do we do with the unruly? We warn them. We warn them. What do we do with the faint-hearted? We comfort them. We comfort the faint-hearted. What do we do with the weak? We uphold the weak. We uphold the weak. Again, that doesn't necessarily mean speaking to them, you know, giving them facts and information. It just means to simply uphold them with your love. Comfort them. Uphold them. Be there for them. Amen? Be patient with all. Say, I'm patient with all. Say that again. Let that really sink in. (laughs) This is maybe one of our number one struggles in life as a Christian. And the devil tries to hammer this area a lot. Say, I'm patient with all. Say, I'm patient with all. That's not just brothers and sisters who love me and have the love of God shed abroad in their heart. That's the evil unbeliever in the world who cut in front of you in line. Amen? Or who's taking too long at the Costco gas pump. (laughs) be patient with all say I'm slow to move I'm getting real wise (laughs) amen you can't be just moving along slowly it's the tortoise the slow and steady wins the race they say better be slow and steady and in the will of God than real fast and out of it amen hallelujah hallelujah So you have to purposely slow yourself down in this generation, especially. Turn off your phone, throw it away, run it over, shoot it, whatever you have to do to slow yourself down. Amen? Because the whole world's trying to speed you up. That's the devil's MO, to get you out of the will of God. Say, I slow down enough to hear his voice clearly each day. Amen. I'm receiving this message. How about you? Get me, Lord. Beat me, Lord. Beat me, Jesus. (laughs) I slow down enough to hear his voice each and every day. Uphold the weak. Be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone. Say to anyone. Say, I don't render evil for evil to anyone but I bless those who do me harm this is the way of love this is the way of life in the kingdom we'll love them in amen love them to the Lord love never fails love is patient love is kind love is long suffering I'm patient to all and I never render evil for evil to anyone which means you can't strive and you can't argue and you can't yell at anyone from here on out (laughs) You're not rendering what they're giving you. You're in your own law, amen? You operate in the law of seed time and harvest. Don't take their seed and give it back to them. Don't argue with them, amen? Just keep sowing good seeds, amen? In good ground. Keep sowing the word, amen? 
Another, bu another book says, don't enter into useless debates yes. or argumentations. Don't go there. <laughs> Amen. This is my number one verse the Lord gave me as a young man. And I try to give it to as many as I can. It's in 1 Timothy, though. But the servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, apt to teach, patient and kind, instructing those who oppose themselves. If you maintain those things in your position of humility and patience with them and gentleness and kindness, you can see them out of the trap of the devil, which is offense, which they're trapped in, the Bible says. So I refuse to strive. I refuse to quarrel. I refuse to argue. And we've all missed it. And Father God, I repent for getting in the flesh. I get right back in my love commandment. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. My house is at peace again. Amen. I can live at peace with my neighbor. See that no one, no one, no one's exempt from this, renders evil for evil to anyone. But always, say always. Paul says always here, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. What's always good? Jesus said there's only one who's good, God. And God is his word, so the word is always good. So it's never a bad thing to give a good word to a person, to a bad person. Keep speaking the word. Pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. Give them the word. If they're arguing, give them back the words. Keep sowing good seeds. Amen? Some of it's going to get in. Seeds creep down. Words creep. Amen? Words are powerful. We live in a word kingdom. They'll get in. Amen? I know ministers. I've heard of one, Kim Clement in particular, who prophesied the last five presidents, even Donald Trump, into office before he passed away. Um, but he was saved radically. He was a heroin addict in uh, South Africa. South Africa, yeah. And he was on the street one day, just strung out, drunk, and in the gutter. On a, I think it was stabbed. Someone came by and beat him up, and he was on his last limb. And he remembered words from when he was 18 from one of his teachers, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That was just in him. That seed got in that unbeliever at that time. Amen? And God raised him up and used him powerfully and healed him and became a prophet to the nations, especially the United States. But um, seeds are powerful, words are powerful, and trust me, they get in. Amen? So use them wisely. They're coming to pass in fruition. Rejoice always. I love this part. Rejoice always. Say always. always. Wow. Can I do this, Lord? <laughs> Can I really rejoice always? Well, if he told me to do it, he's given me and he put me the power to do it. Whenever God tells you to do something, he always provides for you to do it. So he says, rejoice always. Oh, that's sometimes tough. Lord, I rejoice. I rejoice always. I pray without ceasing. How can I pray without ceasing in the unknown tongue? It's the only way to pray without driving yourself nuts. Amen. If you try to pray always without ceasing, that means all the time, without ceasing, in your natural language, you will go insane. I've tried it. When I was a baby Christian, I tried that before I knew about tongues and the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Amen? But you'll go nuts. He says, rejoice always. How do I do this? By praying in other tongues with the help of the Holy Ghost that's in me. How do I pray without ceasing? With the help of the Holy Ghost that's in me. Verse 18, in everything give thanks. How can I possibly do this? Through the Holy Ghost that's in me. 
For this is the will of God. What's the will of God for my life? Here's another one. I rejoice always. This should be my purpose in life. To rejoice always. This should be my aim. To pray without ceasing every day. And in everything give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Say me. So say I endeavor to do that today. And I'm going to start right now. Heavenly Father, we give you praises. I rejoice for everything in my life. I give you all the glory. I stir up the joy that's in me by rejoicing. Stirring up that joy which is my strength. I rejoice always and I pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of tongues and interpretation. I give you all the praises. Thank you, Jesus. And that's our day, folks. That's what our day should look like out there. Amen? That's what it should look like. Pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks. Thank you, Father. I glorify you. Paul did it in prison with sewage up to his neck. I'm sure we can do it out there in the world in a long line. Amen? Thank you, Father, that I get to practice love and patience today. Thank you for this one that it continues to tribulate me and try to get me out of my love commandment. You're just perfecting my love walk before I get to be with you forever. Thank you, Father. Always look at the, the glass that's half full, not half empty. Amen? Stay on the blessing side of everything. Amen. Say, I can do this through the power of the Holy Ghost in me. Verse 19 says immediately, do not quench the Spirit. So this is what the Spirit is doing inside of you and me every single hour of every single day. He's giving us the unction to rejoice, to pray, and to give thanks. This is His MO, the Holy Ghost in you and me. To give us the power and the unction and the go-ahead to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and to always give thanks. And he says, don't quench the Spirit. Let Him work. Continue to do these things. Don't stop the Holy Spirit from functioning in your life. Do not cease to pray. Do not cease to rejoice. And do not cease to give thanks. Always do these things. And you won't quench the Holy Spirit and He'll run free in your life. And you'll see blessed days ahead of it because of it, because He's God. God in you and God in me. The Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. Say, I refuse to quench the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, have your way and operate freely through me each day. Verse 20 says, Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Test those words. Test those prophecies. Do they line up with the word? If they don't, dismiss them. If they don't line up with your spirit, dismiss them. The Bible says, test all things with the spirit of truth and your spirit that abide in your body. Hold fast what is good. Test all things, but hold fast what is good. Don't let go of it. Hold fast to it. Never let go of the word. Verse 22, abstain. Say abstain. abstain. From every form of evil. Abstain. Hold yourself back with the Word of God from every form of evil. Hey, if you're rejoicing always, praying always, and always giving thanks, evil can't touch you. The Holy Spirit's active and living mightily in you. Amen? The devil can't touch God, the Holy Ghost. 
Amen. So just let them have free course. Amen. Say, Holy Spirit, reign in me big today. Oh, I need you, Holy Ghost. Fill me fresh with a fresh baptism in Jesus' precious name. Fill me, Holy Ghost, from head to toe to live for you, to understand the word which you wrote, to comprehend the things of God. Holy Ghost, come in fresh this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You should do that yourself every day. Every morning, commune with the Holy Ghost. The first thing out of your lips, good morning, the Holy Spirit. You're God on the earth. Get to know the Holy Ghost. Amen. He's God. Amen. And He's in us. Say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Verse 23, and we're wrapping up. Now may the God of peace, what is He the God of? Chaos? No. Busybodiness? No. Now may the God of peace say, I have peace because I mind my own business. If someone does not have peace, they're in other people's affairs. And they're too busy minding the business of others and not their own business. Therefore, they've taken themselves out of the God of peace. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify. That word sanctify literally means set you apart. So stop trying to conform to the world. Stop trying to go back to the world if God's trying to set you apart from it. <laughs> now may the God of peace himself set you apart completely. Completely sanctified. Set apart once. Say I'm his set apart one. His saint. And may your whole spirit, say my whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless. We see here, every man and woman are three parts. Spirit, soul, and body. May your whole spirit, your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, and your body, your flesh, be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. How do I do that? He says right here. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Just cooperate with him and let him work. He'll keep us preserved. How many of you have felt preserved through your life as a Christian? I know I should be dead. Just plain, just plain and simple. Anyone else think that? I should have been dead. But no, the Lord has preserved his saints. Amen. He's preserved us. Say, I'm still alive. <laughs> I must be preserved. Say, I'm not dead. <laughs> say, I may even see his coming. Alive. On the earth. Hallelujah. Be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Brethren, pray for us. Paul requested prayer. Brethren, Pray for us. Pray for me and Clarissa. Amen. Yes. Pray for us. Amen. Pray for those who are called in ministry. The warfare is more intense on those in ministry. I just want to let you know that. So he says, pray for us. Paul knew that. Brethren, pray for us 
greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. A holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord and this that this epistle, this letter, be read to all the holy brethren. Say, I'm holy. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. What a way to finish. If you just back up to 1 Thessalonians, the, the very intro, his intro is grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And his salutation and end is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you, Lord, for Christian ethics and how to live your Bible, your basic instructions before leaving earth. For everyone who's in the kingdom of God, we give you praises for this word that instructs us into all godliness, all righteousness, all truth is in your word. And we give you praises for this love letter sent to us to live by the best life imaginable. Thank you, Lord, for giving us this life manual. We give you all the praises for it. Thank you, Lord, for the written word of God. We exalt it and we magnify it. And so have you above your name, you said. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the word. The word heals, the word cleanses, the word purifies. The word shows us who we really are, our identity in Christ. Thank you so much that we can attend to it in this nation and wherever you are on earth. Thank you, Father. We glorify your name. We praise you, Lord. I believe we're better for having been here, meeting with you in your presence and in your word, in spirit and in truth. Say, I'm a true worshiper who worships the Lord in spirit and in his word. Mm. Mm -hmm. <coughs> amen, amen. Well, thank you for being with us. Um, we're going to take up our offering. If you'd like to give, you can give to Word at the Ranch or Elisha Mark Ministries. And um, amen. We bless you and we love you. Bye for now. Can someone turn off our phone on Facebook for us? Uh, Clarissa's not here, so just push in. That would be great. Bye. We love you. <laughs> All right, thank you. Amen. Genesis, the man has